So then. Oh my god. What the fuck happened? This is what? This is great. Happened? So I was gagged. I love this. So okay, so she's sitting and What's up, hot queens? Did you bring the baby gherkins? <laughs> this is when I really felt like maybe we shouldn't do this podcast. Astronomical. I hate to see it. Wasted potential. Are you drunk? <laughs> I am so drunk right now. Welcome to Bad Author Book Club, where we're not like other authors, we're worse. I am Clarabelle A. Ortega. And I'm Ryan LaSala, and we're two authors reading the most bizarre fiction we can find. And we are back with a, I can't wait for this episode, this is going to be a stunning deep dive into one of the best chapters so so far in the current season two read for BABC, which is The Story of Lex and Livia, Rebels, City of Indra by Kendall and Kylie Jenner. But before we get into all that, I want all of our listeners to go find us on social media, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a rating, a review. All of this helps the podcast reach even more hot queens out there. So if you love the (laughs) podcast, find us on Twitter at BadAuthorPod, Instagram at BadAuthorBookClub, and our website is (laughs) BadAuthorBookClub.wordpress.com. And of course, as the hot queens know... We love to shout about all the books that we read on our Discord, which is basically like a chat room slash forum experience for the book club. So if you're having fun listening to the podcast, if you want to give us your fresh hot takes on the reads that we're reading or tell us about your own strange library, find the Discord link in our show notes and meet us there. Yes, find it. Go. Oh, Angel, <laughs> how are you? You're looking good again. Thank you. I'm good. I had to skip the gym today because I went too hard with the weights yeah. yesterday and everything mm-hmm. hurts. Uh, but it's good because I needed sort of like a day off from activity. Can't can't lift every day. Dude, yeah. No, rest days are really important. And I always sort of ignored rest days because I'd be like, well, if I have five days to go to the gym, I'm going to go all five of them. But what I learned was that, right. no, if I'm good about it and incorporating rest in an effective way then I'm actually much more consistent in my gym routine because I'm not, like, in shambles, right? Like, after five days straight of, like, lifting. And for anyone who, like, can't see me or doesn't know what I look like, I lift very heavy weights. That's, like, my favorite thing to do is to lift really heavy shit and put it back down. So does Clarabelle, actually. One time Clarabelle was at my apartment, and I turned around, and Clarabelle was deadlifting, like, 90 pounds of weights that they just, like, found in Mm -hmm. my apartment. (laughs) And looking around, like, am I doing this? And, like, me and someone else, we were like, yeah, like, are you doing it? And it was just something, like, we were, like, a little tipsy, too. So don't drink and weightlift, but we are two powerlifting podcast hosts. And we are here to or do. We're not the cops. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's true. It's true. But I'm in a good mood today because I'm going to go to the gym after this. I spent my morning turning in a short story for a like unannounced anthology but I'll, I'll give you all the scoop it's about fairies it's like a whole anthology of like fae stories that i'm in with a lot of um your faves when it comes to writing like fantasy and fae so i just turned in my short story this morning and i really like it i'm really excited about it oh i can't wait just from the little details you gave me it sounds so incredibly good yeah it's gonna you be know good. what else was good what? surprisingly the chapter today dude what the <laughs> I feel like we're reading a different book. This, the last two chapters, I was invested. Really, like, t- I mean, not the last one because that was a mess, but like, 
Do you find it funny that finally this book has turned a corner and it's, of course, during the two, like, really big pivotal, like, things that we've been counting down towards, both the, like, the, the whatever it was, like, the virtual game and the um, emergence ball, like, go fucking figure. Yeah, the simulation, the final simulation. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, we should probably do our little chapter yeah. announcement. Okay, so... yes. Let us, let us begin. So today's episode is Chapter 12, Emergence Ball, Livia. We made it. We, I can't believe we're here. I really, I really, there was I never thought the day would come. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to get to this point, but we're here. I'm so excited. I am so relieved that we're at the Emergence Ball with like no like eight hours before, like the morning of, which we at one point I would have thought that was going to happen. I would have had a heart attack. Like, yeah. That it would have not been good. Yeah. Like I would have had a mental breakdown if they did that to me. And I was fully expecting it to be like twenty four hours, and like each chapter be another hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that would have been awful. No, we, we we well, we don't jump straight into it. We do get a little excerpt from the Book of Indra, Chapter Five, Indra Society and Custom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just basically talks about what the emergence ball is all about and how when a young woman turns 17 she basically debuts for society yeah. to find her cohabitant yep. we already knew that yeah yeah debutante ball so then so then we we actually get into it and we start with livia she's spinning on the place she's spinning like a top she's up there on that platform yeah. she's up there she's spinning and so to give you the visual they're basically in a ballroom on i believe helix island like that's yes it is they're helix in island. her house they're in her house and i thought for a really long time that the emergence ball was one ball but actually it's sort of like a like a quince or like a like a debutante ball where like everyone sort of has their own emergence ball right like it's not like a big group thing so this is specifically livia's emergence ball and she is li- i thought the same thing yeah right well because it seems i mean that also feels like very like why like we're all gonna go to like like the reaping or like the emergence ball right it feels like this should be done as like a group but no so livia's on this platform because <laughs> right. C- C- no micah sorry that's her nemesis is obviously in attendance as a guest and something that really mm-hmm. surprised me is that we haven't really learned a ton about the actual itinerary of the balls, just kind of what it takes right. to be a proper young woman. I really didn't think that there was going to be a practical application to the whole spinning platform, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride of Madness. But as it turns out, that is a very practical exercise because literally the ball consists of her just spinning around on a platform. Which I think is really cool actually because it it is sort of like she's on display like she's this doll that's like in front of everyone everyone's staring at her Mm -hmm. why it has to be so high in the air and like she can't breathe at the same time it's like adding all of these like obstacles it it just feels like they make it so hard for them like she's wearing a cincher Mm -hmm. her feet are killing her she's Mm -hmm. very high in the air she can hear everything everyone's saying about her and people are being fucking rude like she obviously hears micah by the way i mixed up micah and casina in my head in this chapter the entire time it's all right like i just thought it was casina they're there it's like the same person with like different disguises on (laughs) even in my notes i wrote we start off with the flashbacks of casina it's like no it's not casina actually (laughs) Um, but yeah it is it is very harrowing it's like sort of very difficult so before we actually get Mm -hmm. to 
the, like we see her we see a flash of her like we know she's rotating mm-hmm. and we know that sort of she's freaking out up there like she's having a hard time but then we oh also her dress sounds really beautiful it does. it's all shades of blue it says and it's shimmering like the ocean like she just looks good like she's fucking snatched mm-hmm. she doesn't recognize herself she's never looked so good in her life yeah yeah i i love this line in terms of competition there is none i am immaculate all except for my thoughts i was like okay Nicki minaj <laughs> Nicki minaj Nicki lewinsky Nicki no, she, there was there was there was some very beautiful writing in like a lot of this chapter and it is i don't clear know what to, happened i don't know what happened well i know what happened it's clear that this is the thing that like they want to be writing about right like about in the same yeah way that, like the action really sings for lexus chapters like this is really exciting i think for whoever was like tasked with writing this like they want to write like the ballroom like the princess moments and so there's some really like lovely twists and turns and, and we'll we'll shed some light on it as we go uh the dress is also really heavy because of the beating so she's and like if anyone's ever worn anything that's like bedazzled or like beaded that adds a ton of weight to everything so how she's sitting yeah. on this platform that is spinning uh, is beyond me, but I love that there's a practical application to like the tutoring lessons mm-hmm. that is now being yeah. used. I didn't. Ex- I thought that that was just going to be silliness, but this is sort of where like Model Land didn't connect with dots. Like there was an actual real life application here to the crazy shit that they're making them do. So she's up on the platform. She's overhearing like people gossiping, but at the same time, she's reminiscing on the various types of gossip that have been. Um, sort of thrown around during etiquette class uh, just as like a cautionary tale for instance there was a girl who fell during her spin yeah it's literally like it's like a lore like a legend now like it's literally called like the girl who fell (laughs) like Mm -hmm. this whole story yeah and she interestingly was six foot two and from excellent genetic stock and then they mentioned that like that's like really prized and i was like wow like that is a tall girl but she then because she fell she had to cohabitate with someone who was less than six feet tall and this is oh my god not a short king yeah not a short (laughs) king which is so funny to me so like there i love the i love the currency of height in this world but i didn't realize that like the girls too were these like like giant people but apparently me either my god and indra is like seven feet tall um, but yeah, so she's like a cautionary tale. And at one point, um, Livia like mentions it to Marius. who's like, oh yeah, that really happened. Like poor girl. Like I wanted to give her a handkerchief, but like notably no one helps this girl. Everyone pities her and no one helps her. And she becomes like a legend of disgrace. And that's what Livia's thinking about as she's trying not to fall herself. She's thinking about that. And it actually like, she says that like Micah, she achieved her goal because mm. she like freaked her out, which is like what Micah was trying to do. Because every time she told the story, she kept looking at Livia, kind of like, You're next, bitch. And she also is like, It's ironic because like Micah is like projecting at the same time because she fell yeah. from the platform. She like, did. she like famously fell the first time and like but no one's allowed to mention that the way i would have been like didn't you fall bitch why are you talking about the girl who fell the girl who fell is you (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, exactly. You're I, twins. I want to go to the other emergence balls. I want a whole book of just attending the balls and like the weird court drama behind the scenes. Because I feel like they're like, I love the high stakes nature of like a party in a book. And I love the things that sort of have to happen because if they don't happen, they never will. Right. And like parties draw these things yeah. out into the open plot wise. So, oh, and that's exactly what happens during this scene too. So anyways, she... Is, she doesn't fall. She's fine on her platform. Like, she does a good job. She stays up there. Um, mm-hmm. Per usual, the book sort of vacillates between, like, what is currently happening and, like, memories and stuff that kind of bubble up to the surface, which is like, very, like, yeah. Jane Austen-y. And, uh, and so she... Okay, well, actually, here's a line that I really liked. Um, my whole body aches. My insides are screaming. Focus, Livia. Circles in... Uh, circle and pose. Circle and pose. My future spins below me. I try not to look down. That is great writing because it does the double entendre of like what she doesn't want to face which is looking down because she'll fall but also she'll fall into her future because all beneath her are all of these men looking up at her that she doesn't want anything to do with and i'm like ah this is so good this is great anyways she doesn't end up falling and she is lowered down and sort of released to the second part of the evening which is like talking with all the men that are dying the guys yeah one thing we sort of skipped over the girl who fell not only was her partner a short king he was gay oh my god wait i'm so glad that you brought this up oh my god yes let's flip back this was this was crazy this is the best part of the chapter this i can't believe we skipped it it. it's so good i was like finally some representation for ryan (laughs) they are talking about the gay men yeah so yeah so they were like the worst part is that like he's known to want to like like he he favors the attention of men Mm -hmm. and apparently he's like frolicking on some like gay island it's like it's fire island he's like on fire island (laughs) (laughs) with his like gay and so Livia also mentions that like back in like the before times before mm-hmm. the great catastrophe gay people were allowed to like get married and stuff but now because of this focus on cohabitation and like having babies and everything like that they are like you can't be gay anymore like it's like not okay and then she's like I guess we're not like more evolved in every way and I'm like in which ways are you evolved like fake synthetic fruit like you don't even have horses <laughs> yeah. um last time i checked you didn't even have horses <laughs> but you have horses you're right about that so okay the second that it was mentioned that this man is running around with other men i winced because of course the only mention of gayness yet in the book is to basically sh- like show shame right like it's a it's a means of showing of course that yeah shame. and i'm like well fucking duh like here we go like oh this man he's sleeping with other men like what a scandal how embarrassing for like this girl right because this book is you know about in four girls so we're not gonna we're not gonna worry about this like probably this young man who's obviously very oppressed but whatever that get mentioned and i had my initial cringe and i was ready to sort of dig into it but then i really do appreciate that basically the book takes it a little bit further and is like well yeah i mean the reason that there are these attitudes is because of like the focus on like procreation and like genetics and like all this other like fucked up shit about the world and while i do think it's kind of a little weird that like livia is here having ruminations on like well i think gay people are all right like 
what does she care about like the deep past too like but i do i do appreciate it and i do think that like for a ya novel that's published into our world right like that's going to be read by a ton of like little gay kids it is important to show something affirming or at least to check on the page that like hey this homophobia this shame is uh, a type of regression that can pop up anywhere like even in a society that thinks it's like beyond things like this too so I appreciate yeah. that. I really, I really liked it. Like it, it turned the corner for me. And uh, there's even a, a, a moment when she goes, well, and I can't even say that being okay, that being gay is okay. She doesn't say gay is never said. The, the word gay does not appear here. But she says like, you know, in defense of like men who sleep with other men or people like that. Uh, of course, saying such a thing would be considered anti-Indrithian hate speech. It's highly illegal. And I, I love that. Like wow. the use of like the term hate speech to describe like defending the case <laughs> is a little funny to me. But, um, but I really, yeah, I, I'm glad that you, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up because I love that moment. Yeah, I was surprised you didn't. I was like, hello. I totally forgot. I totally forgot. Gayness. <laughs> so, okay. So... We're done with the gays. Mm. Now we are, we're, we're lowering the platform and she's like dreading it because she has to talk to all these guys and they are so thirsty for her. Like Dude, yeah. they're all like staring at her. She looks good. Okay. She looks really good. Remember, she doesn't have to try. She's already snatched. Mm-hmm. She's already the most beautiful. She No competition, even though she didn't try at all. Yeah. So everyone's wanting to... And there were some criticisms of her when she was up on the platform. Like, people were saying, like, oh, she's so... She's rebellious. Maybe we can, like, make her shut up, shut the fuck up. Like, there <laughs> were some procedures for that, right? Mm. So it's not all good, but, like, because of her name and because, like, she's rich and, like, she has this, like, beautiful estate and because she's so beautiful... Uh, they're all thirsty for her. They're all wanting to talk to her. So she has to basically when she was up on the platform, mm-hmm. she was um, doing like a series of poses. And when she gets down, it's like a dance. Basically, the men have to memorize the poses that she was doing. And then that becomes sort of like their waltz. Right. Yeah. And they have to dance together. And as they dance, she has to talk to them and get to know them. The problem is all these guys are like really mid and boring and saying the same thing over again because it's just like polite speech that they were taught to say they're all telling her how like goaded they are how Mm -hmm. rich they are how how they have it all together and why how beautiful she is and like why they would make a good match and she's bored she's really bored she's like none of you guys are interesting to me yeah and she's internally the the way this is written is kind of fun because she's they're talking to her and she's responding but in her own head with like the truth Mm -hmm. like like they're like Hi, I'm so-and-so. She's like, I'm Livia, and I am strange and confused, and I prefer my horse to any person. <laughs> or, like, they'll say, like, I'm really wealthy, and she'll think, like, please say something interesting. <laughs> and I'm like, this is, yeah. this is kind of fun. I like this. I think it's in part because finally her, like, she's she's sort of gotten, Livia has a bit of a cruel sense to her, right? Like, she's she is egotistical, and she's really dismissive of other people. And I think part of what makes it fun now is because it's aimed at people who are, like, definitely have earned her ear like her like you know her her wrath right like these like boring men Mm -hmm. that are fawning over her that she can't stand it hasn't felt like fun like this for all the pages preceding it because it's been aimed at like other girls that are like trying to just get through the horror show that is girlhood as well too there's even a moment when she (laughs) mentioned like she's reminiscing in this chapter literally that like 
Micah has sort of left her alone but talks about her constantly and that during etiquette classes Livia has no choice but to talk to the ugly girl like she literally calls her like the unappealing like physically unappealing girl and even the physically unappealing girl doesn't seem to even want to deign to talk to Livia because you know and Livia can't figure out why but then we actually get a snippet of their conversation and it's because Livia is like fucking patronizing in a scold like the girl is just trying to get through class by being like ah, the weather's nice. And Livia's like, yeah, and it was nice yesterday and the day before that, and it'll be nice tomorrow and the day after that, and it'll always be nice here. Isn't that weird? And this poor girl is like, oh my God, like, please shut up. We're just trying to get great and unpleasant interaction. And I'm like, well, Livia, that's why people don't like you because you're annoying. (laughs) It's uh, so true. So true. But now that she's aiming it at, like, men, suddenly I'm like, go bitch like get them (laughs) yes i'm like tear them apart Mm -hmm. you're right they are yeah i want to die of boredom too Uh, i agree i think that for the first time i actually didn't hate her in this chapter and i think it was because she was up against actual conflict that we Mm. could see like Mm. this is this is high stakes like this is scary and like i think that like as a person who has been in the position of like having to dress up and like be sort of on display mm-hmm. and sort of like display your femininity and like be perfect and like smile and never show a moment of like crankiness because like if you yeah. do the rumors of like that author is a bitch oh will God. start online yeah. immediately. Yeah. Um, I could relate to it, especially the feet hurting. I can't tell you how many times I've worn inappropriate shoes. Yeah. So yeah. So then. So then. Oh my god. What the fuck happened? This is what? This is great. So I was gagged. I love this. So okay, so she's sitting and I have to give the writing credit yet again because there's no like real transition here. She's sort of just being washed over with boredom. She's going through like the the you know the the motions right of these conversations right and we're getting snippets of like what the men are saying like I respect your legacy your father was a genius and I might add blue is a color in which you like you know we're getting like the platitudes that they're serving and then someone's like oh like my favorite flower sonnet is the petunia he says and she's like smiling so hard her jaw hurts fakely um, but then like in in the exact same rhythm that we've been getting the rest of this board conversation in someone goes you despise every moment of this and it's like this jarring moment of like someone says something true and that like resonates with what she's thinking and she's sort of like like at first she doesn't really even adjust for it because she's on autopilot but then he's like you know i mean you you hate this the ball the attention the whole core low thing i can tell i can tell a lot of things about you like he basically like calls her out on being like bored as fuck and the writing really works well because like as a reader you're sort of like jarred being like oh my god right like i too was on autopilot just like absorbing this but now suddenly we're engaged in a a conversation and they start to have this conversation like her and this guy right uh start to have a conversation during the like choreography moment when they're like they, they can't touch but they are sort of dancing with one another through like poses I right. guess and that's that's what's happening as they're talking so yeah I, I also really love that because it, it was it was almost like all of the guys and the conversation were blending together yeah so it was just like everything was like rapid fire and then suddenly someone says something to stand out um so basically she's like how would you know if even if this was true like she tries to like push back on it because she's mm-hmm. not supposed to like engage in this kind of conversation even though what this person is saying is 100 percent true and he's like because we're just alike right and i'm like 
Well, first of all, we know who the fuck this is. Yeah. It's Kane. It's Kane. It's Kane. It's Kane at the party. He is one of the one of the suitors that's like, you know, getting into I knew it. I knew it. I, I love this. It. Yeah, we 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 like we knew that Kane was gonna like because obviously where this book is sort of going is like love triangle land and if you've ever seen like Bridgerton or any of like the sort of like Victorian shows, right? Like there's always the guy that sort of like calls out the the really um, precocious girl on being bored and over it, and sort of. And I I actually kind of I think that's fun. I it's a trope, but it, it's it's a fun one and. He's like, you think you're better than everybody, basically. And he even says to her, this is a bit egotistical of you. And she's like, what the fuck? And he's like, well, but you're correct. Like, you can't stop thinking that you have to pick from one of these mindless islanders. And um, and you're horrified about this. And so I love that he, like, is very frank with her. And they have this great conversation. He does at one point say... You have such interesting eyes. And I'm like, no. no when I, t- I Brian, I... You know, I was waiting for it. Mm. I was waiting for it. I was like, Mm. if he says one single thing, if he says her eyes are mismatched, if he says there's something weird about them, Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw this iPad across the room. Yeah. And I didn't throw it because it costs a lot of money. But in my heart, I did because (laughs) I just. Fuck. Oh, my God. But anyway. So wait. So, okay. We've heard that Livia's eyes are mismatched. Assuming. Lex's are as well here, but I don't think Lex has ever mentioned. I kind of I can't tell who's done what at this point. Yeah, so I can't remember whose eyes are the ones that are mismatched. They're somebody's. I thought it was Lex. Yeah, but maybe it's Livia. I thought it was Lex. I have to go back and look at my notes. Yeah, and, and check. But I, I wouldn't like... be surprised if their eyes are both mismatched. Yeah, and sort of like they have each other's like matching set or whatever the something hell. like absolutely that yeah because this is basically like Kane. we have to assume has just come from the scene with lex maybe or like we don't know exactly the timing of these events but right like he's spent a lot of time with lex and now is here with livia so he's obviously gonna see some sort of resemblance even though it would be safe to assume that like you know obviously livia being very dolled up is gonna look very different than lex in this moment but he, i think that he senses the resemblance right and i think that's what that's what this is the beginning of it's unclear to me like how much he knows but anyways they keep talking and unfortunately their their dance comes to an end and they're not able to basically finish a conversation and for the first time livia is like left wanting more she's like she's like thinking like me and this guy like we're the same we're not like the others and i there's a lot of language here being like you know we're not like these other mindless like sheeple which is so cringy but whatever you know it's like i'm i'm gonna give it a pass but she's she's in agreement she's like yeah like there was something there some actual energy there and she spends the rest of the night sort of like looking for him in the crowd and she can't find him because you know the next suitor takes his place and uh and the whole dance begins again she so we have a a a section break and um basically talking about how they go to dinner So she's looking for kane still it's a dinner time it's she talks about how the helix grand ballroom is supposed to be like the grandest in all of the grandest in all of indra she's never seen the others except for there's been socialization clubs once again i wish we could have seen yes this before mm-hmm. uh, so they have had socialization clubs even though she's got she hasn't gotten really invited to many of them because she's 
weird. I don't know. Um, so she's like pretending to eat. She's only thinking of Kane. She's like, where is he? By an accident, she like pops open her fan, which is like the signal for the guys to like come talk to her. And they're like there eagerly waiting like little puppies. And um, she's like trying to find like a way to like get everyone away from her. She feels like everyone's watching her. Yeah. And like the room is sort of like it's closing in on her. Like she feels like very sort of like um exposed yeah and there was she ends up just leaving basically in this scene though there was a lot of her using the fan and if you remember fan language is one of their courses and she sort of like forgets it so Mm -hmm. she's actually like in an effort to actually cool herself off she's actually like (laughs) telegraphing different using it yeah because she's like she like starts the fan herself and then stops on the men like it really feels like a, a a game of like red light green light where they're like oh and then she like stops and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. She like she like switches her hands, which means she's not. And they're like all stop. And then she thinks of Kane and her heartbeat races again. And she starts to fan herself a little faster. And all the men are like, oh, <laughs> she stops them again. You by, mean like, now? Tapping on her cheek. And then finally, she what causes her to like she like sees Micah and feels like Micah basically represents like the failure right like she's like i'm about to fail i'm about to faint i'm gonna be one of these stories like micah's looking at me like waiting for me to do it and livia stands up and gives a little little tap at the fan which means like i need to go get a like a breath of fresh air and she she waltzes out of the room and someone makes like an excuse being like oh she's just going to you know rest for a moment right someone she's she's excused basically like for a moment um, but she takes a lot more than a moment because she runs outside. We get a section break and she's outside and um, she goes full on Kelly Clarkson behind these hazel eyes and like rips off a lot of the dress and just starts running through the mud <laughs> outside. I, I'm i sorry, but I loved this fucking scene. Yes. Like, she, first of all, like the, the, the moment of like shoes that hurt you, you taking them off and like walking on the grass and like the mud especially like that is just like such a relief Mm. uh so i i loved that i love that she like took the fabric of her dress and like made a little knot with it like Mm -hmm. i don't know there was like a lot of like relatable like i'm uncomfortable (laughs) moments and she was just like running through the dark letting her hair out i don't give a fuck and i think this feeling of like who they're showing us right now is like the Livia that they've been trying to portray to us the whole book but this is the first time that I really felt who the character was supposed to be and I felt like any sort of like sympathy or care for her at Mm -hmm. all because she is actually escaping from a really uncomfortable situation and Mm -hmm. I keep going back to what you said the other episode that like the chapter with the simulation uh the final simulation should have been lex's chapter one i think this should have been livia's chapter yes, one this is why I think it would have been so, so much better these are their inciting incidents like these moments yes. are their inciting incidents and had they cut there's a thing that happens when you write a first draft especially but especially especially as a new author it's that sometimes you have to write things because you're telling it to yourself mm-hmm. not necessarily because you need to tell it to the audience or to your readers and i feel like all of those things beforehand were necessary for the authors to understand where their characters came from mm-hmm. but it was a little bit too much information for the readers they could have really condensed all of the things that they showed us in flashbacks seated throughout the book after the actual action happened but mm-hmm. like the first like 
hundred and whatever pages of this book really should have been cut. We're on page 162 for reference in the paperback. And my theory, because I was thinking about this too, was that originally the books probably the book probably did begin right before or very close to like the the simulation exam and like the emergence ball, right? And I think they then decided to write two books and had to basically split that book in two. And so they added basically all this like prologue into this book and to like pad it out or something like that too, because it feels so distinct. And even the writing quality shifts like so drastically that like, I don't know, there's something very initial chapter, very inciting incident about like these, these moments. And, and yeah, I feel like this is where the book is beginning literally. So she runs through the mud. Literally. And I mean, I like this because of the, you know, she's so uncomfortable and now she's much more comfortable. She's sort of running from this. But I also just love, it's sort of the very first time, aside from the very first chapter, where we're seeing Livia actually like run and move around. She's just been sitting through like classes and tutorings and yeah, various like archive things. Uh, and she's been very stationary, but this is the first time that we're actually seeing her like go for something. Uh, aside from the time that she she cut the apple in half, which chronologically was a day before this, right? Like, because I me- remember the very first chapter was like a day before the emergence ball or what, something like that. Oh my god, so, I didn't even remember that. Yeah, so it, that technically just happened like a few moments ago, like in this timeline. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, no wonder. Um, but anyways, she's racing through the forest, and where does she get to? But of course the stables she is on her way to mother. see mother horse beta who is um, our favorite character wait. of the entire book the horse <laughs> yeah truly so i love that like she basically goes to the stable and there's like a track there and she says like well you know of course i programmed veda so that she could have instant archive access you know whenever she wants to go in she could be running through like fields and romping through hills and shit um, but Veda doesn't, like, Veda knows that it's fake and doesn't get the same, like, pleasure out of it. So Veda actually, as it turns out, is not in the archives as often as we thought. But in my in my heart, she still is logging in and, like, playing Stardew Valley. I love that she can go in by herself. That is so <laughs> crazy to me. Yes. Yeah, the horse has access. It's a real horse. Like, <laughs> can we train real horses to go into, like, m- the metaverse? Like, give me a break. Why, why do they do this to the horse? Like, why did they bother, like, equipping the horse with, like, VR? Is it just because there, there are no animals? And so, as a result, the distinction between, like, humans and animals is so porous that, like, they're like, oh, well, like, here's a here's another living, breathing, organic thing. Like, we I, might as well I feel her. like this is probably a symptom of them over-explaining again. Yeah. And there's probably going to be a moment where Veda being, like, Veda appears in an archive and, like, saves... Livia oh or something my like God. that. It has You're to be. It has right. to be. They are going to drag this horse into some crazy shit. And I just love the idea that, like, while on battle, the horse is going to be, like, somewhere in her stable just, like, whinnying while like, <laughs> wearing her, her little VR headset, which is so funny to me. But, yeah, she, she goes up to Veda. And she's like, hey, girl, like, you know, you love me just how I am. And Veda's like, yeah. Like, they have, like, a cute little moment. And remind And she's she, crying. She's crying. Um, she also, like, what... What 
I needed a little slight reminder of in this chapter is that Livia is also an, an empath. She can like sense emotions. Do you remember this? Like she's. Like, I forgot that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's like borderline telepathy, and she can read Veda's thoughts. Right, like we had gotten that information at some point too, where she can like uh, she can absorb like like she can even feel Veda's thoughts over like long distances too. So they're having like a horse girl conversation. <laughs> um, when let's see. So she starts crying and she hears a voice. Oh, I thought it was the horse. Someone I thought it was the says, horse at first. Being like, child. <laughs> child, listen to me, my child. But it's not the horse. I thought I might find you here. Yes. Uh, the horse is British. Yeah. Um, so, so she hears a voice. She doesn't turn around. It's very clearly Kane. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how did you know I would be here? And he's like, this is where I would go. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm like, he better be here for a reason. Because if he's just all of a sudden so interested in her after he had this whole like thing with Lex, I suddenly hate him and yeah. men deserve no rights. But yeah. turns out he does have a mission. So yeah. Yeah. they so start they... talking. Mm-hmm. And it's getting sort of like intense in that she can hear, feel his emotions and his thoughts that he wants to kiss her. Yeah. Yeah. And further, she feels like maybe she's safe with him because typically Veda, who abhors strangers, is playfully nudging the side of my face and giving a serene whinny. Which, I don't know what a serene whinny sounds like. I mean, I haven't spent that much time around horses, but Veda... the. Veda is basically like, oh, like, here's a boy. Like, you very, I mean, very motherly behavior out of Veda being like, mm-hmm, oh, like, mm-hmm. he seems kind of nice. Like, go say hi to him. And she's like, no, like, don't come any closer. And he's like, I don't want to. But she can feel his actual emotions that, like, he does want to. That, like, he wants to kiss her. And she's like, I kind of want to kiss him, too. And at one point, he says, before any of the shit goes down, he says, funny, you remind me of someone. And that's the precise moment when he starts to become like a little bit less flirtatious and a little uneasy about like this potential kiss. But she still wants to kiss him. Right. And she, in her mind, she's like, it's prohibited. Like, I can't kiss you. But then she's like, I am so tired of prohibited. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do anything that I want to do. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of it. I can't leave the island. I can't ask questions. I can't fight. I can't laugh um, too loud. Or I can't breathe in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I I was thinking, I wish we would have seen all of these moments. Because yeah, it would have made me so much more of a sympathetic character. Right. But whatever. Right. Let's just pretend that's true, Bestie. She's like, fuck it. I'm going to I'm gonna kiss him. Yeah. I'm going to do what I want. And oh, she does. She does. And she does. Well, well, also, she says, like, for once, I will do exactly what I want. And I'm like, we, girl, we have been with you for the past, like, 200-odd pages. Like, You we, can't lie to us. Yeah, like, we're, girl, like, let's be for real. You have been doing. But you can lie to the governess, <laughs> yeah. but not to us. Yeah. We've seen you. We've been with you for all of this. Like, she We have been... the security footage. <laughs> she was just, she was just like fighting with a samurai a few chapters ago what is she every chapter she does something she's not supposed to do yeah oh, she's gaslighting us so <laughs> so she's kissing him they're like making out kissing yeah and then something rolls into her mouth <laughs> from his mouth into hers from, from ah! your lips to god's ears to god's lips to your mouth here it comes and at first i was like if this is whipped cream, I'm going to fucking scream. 
if this is a, I didn't even think of that. If this I didn't even think pickle, of a cream. I, oh my god, a gherkin. No. Yeah, this is a gherkin. If you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to season one. Oh my god. Uh, but that's it's where my not mind a, went It's first. not a pickle and it's not whipped cream. No. <laughs> it's fucking poison. It's like a cyanide pill. He, like, I can't believe it. It's not a cyanide pill, as it turns out, but it's like a it's like a suicide pill, basically that he had like in his yeah. tooth or something, and he he's like spit it out, spit it out immediately, like, and she does, but like not before some of it like gets in her mouth, and she's like spitting this like acrid bitter taste, and and Veda's like now Veda's upset. The ser- the days of the serene Winnie are over. Veda is like are over. Oh my God, what happened? Like. This person is like bad judge of character, as it turns out, because he literally just tried to kill her with Beta, his tongue. You're stupid. Yeah, and then and then for the first time in Indra, someone invented glue. Right after this, no. <laughs> jealous on your hand. No. So so Kane is like I, Kane Kane was like I didn't I I was. I changed my mind actually he was like I wasn't going to do it because she's like did you just try to kill me and he's like I wasn't going to do it but then you kissed me yeah and he during the kiss like he's pulling away and it just makes her want to like kiss him because in her head she's like he's pulling away because it's improper what I'm doing but really he's like trying not to kill her and I'm like this is great this is really good and uh and yeah so now he's like oh my god like I'm so sorry like actually I don't think he says sorry but he's oh no he does I'm sorry and his emotions are out of control. Like, he doesn't know what he's feeling or thinking. And she can, like, sense all this because of her, like, em- empath abilities. Uh, but she's she's outright like, did you just try to kill me? And um, at the same time, she notes that, like, I don't know how she knows this, but, like, half the pill has dissolved already in his mouth. Like, he, like, bit it off at, like, the last second. So he has taken a bunch of the poison into his system. Obviously. Yeah, I think he's, like, having, like, a reaction to it. Like, to he's... Yeah. His eyes go blank, his body's shuddering, and like half of the pill like fell to the ground. So she and she didn't, she knows that the other half, I guess, is in his mouth. And then Waslow shows up and a bunch of uh, population control oh, wait, before, um, before officers happens, show up too. So obviously, the only way that you can show that someone is dying or has some sort of like lethal symptom happening to them in anything is you have to give them a bloody nose right because that's the only symptom that we ever get right like psychic powers bloody nose like poison bloody nose why a bloody nose i don't even know but he gets the bloody nose he falls to his his knees and he's like falling over and like he goes livia he says softly his eyes go blank his body shudders and then she goes i mean someone should try to save him i just don't think that's me she's dying at her feet and she's like she's like it's just not a very like me coded thing to save this like someone should what the fuck she's she's like i think someone should save him uh it's not gonna be me it's just something i've noticed something that i'm noticing right now is that he's definitely dying he needs medical help but like that's not gonna be me also the whole bloody lip curling upward not necessary like i know they're trying to show like oh his lip curling smile like why is he smiling like his eyes give no. a final flicker of recognition so i mean this is the question right like it's does he finally figure out like who she is in relation to lex because he then goes livia like it would be amazing if he said like lex or something like that like in his delirium like he confuses them or something but right. he, like, he says her name specifically, and 
but the recognition is the important part because we've been getting little hints that he's been like piecing things together throughout this so like i'm excited to sort of see how this fits into like the broader timeline because it's not clear but i'm not mad that it's not clear yeah i guess it depends how it pays off but basically everyone uh authorities rushes And he's getting arrested. A moth just landed on my window and scared the shit out of me. Um, he's arrested. They're beating the shit out of him. Um, and she's screaming at them to stop. He's unconscious. And she's like, well, at least he can't feel pain anymore. And that's the end of this the chapter. Was, the ending was a little funny, though. Like, in the same way that the, I mean, someone should save him. It's not going to be me. The ending was similarly, like, a little bit remote. Like, they surround him, and Waslow takes my hand and pulls me away. They're beating this boy, and once more, I can't get a read on him. I scream again and again for them to stop. He's completely and utterly emotionless. He's unconscious as they continue to hit him. At least he's no longer feeling any more pain, I hope. Like, I kind of wish there was a stronger emotional reaction to watching this like person get beat, and maybe we could acknowledge the conflict of the fact that yeah. he's a killer. But I love that, like... <laughs> He's being beaten up, like, beaten to smithereens, and she can't get a read on him. <laughs> like, I imagine them, like, being this person. Who the fuck cares? Like, like, down, like, look at, like, peering at him, being like, hmm. I'm pretty sure he's not happy, bitch. Like, what do you want him to feel in this moment? As an empath, I, I, I can tell that you're not too happy. Like, I, I can tell. I, I, I wish, I, I agree with you, the very end, especially, yeah. like, they needed to flesh that out a little bit. I would have loved to see her actually screaming at them to stop. Yeah, what did she, what um, she say? What, what were they scream? doing to Kane? Could you hear his, like, bones cracking? Like, mm. I want to, like, feel the, like, how badly they're hurting this this kid. He's, he is a kid. He's 17, like 17 right? Yeah. And her feeling a little bit more than just, like, what? At least he's not feeling pain anymore because he just tried to fucking kill her. Like, who are you? Like, what just happened? Like, why did this guy just appear here and try to kill me? Like, what is going on? Like, I would have loved to get a little bit more of like, she's freaked out. She's scared. She's wondering what happened. But instead, like all of that sort of gets erased and she's just thinking about what's happening to him, which that's fine. She can think about what happened to him. But like you also almost just died. Right. Like she would be in shock in this moment. Right. And I wish that this connected somehow to like the rest of the chapter about like her life, like the failure, like the disgrace that she's risking by like falling. Like there's there's a few other hooks that could have made for really a little bit more of like a satisfying ending. But, you know, Mm. all in all though a really good chapter like a really this good... has been the best chapter yeah, so far like by far it was so good i was reading it and i was like wait a minute yeah they did this one little thing right yeah i was really amazed by that so that's the end of this chapter yeah. and uh we have attended our first and i suspect last emergence ball we did it hot queens and we made it to the, the emerging ball. it's done oh my god <laughs> here we go all right i mean this is actually a little complicated because typically Rose and Thorn is somewhat straightforward, but this time around, I think it's a little harder because there's actually a lot um, of I don't think so. I can still find oh, okay. plenty to not like. Uh, um, I'm an empath and I <laughs> can sense that you have plenty to talk about. I feel like the only weak, on aside from the very end, which I sort of already explained why I didn't like, I think the only really weak part of this chapter was like, the focus on Micah on a set. I, I, I do like the story. Mm. 
about the girl who fell, I think it would have been more poignant if they put that in another chapter rather than waste their time with like bullying that was not connected to anything else. Mm. But like her at the emergence ball and like staring at her and like, I don't know. I just, I'm really sick of these like villain girls for no reason, as I always say. Mm. And it was just more of that, and I just felt like it was unnecessary given mm. that she had all these other things to, like, contend with the whole chapter. So I just felt like that was, like, a little bit overdone and not necessary. The whole Micah being there, like, er, wa- wanting her to fail. Like, who gives a yeah, fuck? Like, totally. unless she's going to actually, like, sabotage you, mm. delete. Delete her. My... I have a lot of roses for this chapter. I think there was so much that was really well done. But I'm going to say the part that I love the most that stood out to me was her escaping and running away from the ball and sort of like ripping all of her decorative like things off of her, Mm -hmm. messing her hair up. I loved that moment. I think it was well written. Uh, The visuals of it were perfect. And I think that it was like encapsulates like what who this character is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And they haven't been able to get it right until this moment. And I appreciated that it happened at all. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So my rose is I mean, there's many roses to choose from. There's a lot of things that I admire about this chapter. Um, I'm not going to say this is my rose, but the writing I have to commend like some really strong, like cool writing and phrasing in a lot of this uh, that I already talked about, but I will say that my rose is just from an intrigue perspective, the like attempted assassination and the the way that that dynamic of her wanting to like break protocol, but him not wanting to kill her, like the way that those two things were opposed to one another and resulted in like a really great conflict. That's cool. That's really cool. I love that. Yeah, like I, love I think that. they did a really good job like thinking through this. My thorn is that we get this amazing, electric, exciting chapter so far into the book. And what reader is going to make it this far into the book to almost 200 pages in to what really should be one of the very first things that that happens? And I mean, I guess we'll see like how the rest of the book plays out. But it is my distinct sense that the book should have began here. Same thing with Lex's chapters uh, and that we could have deployed some of that backstory like, you know, later on in the book. We didn't need to go through all of this, too. And so the structure from a structural level, like a macro structural level, uh, what this exhibits to me is that this book needed to be re-outlined. And writers listening to this, this is a great thing to know in your own book. Like if there's a scene that you're really excited about that you feel like sort of bundles together all of your inspiration and it's not the climax, it's like, you know, something like midway through the book, like you may think about asking yourself, when do things really change for my character? When does something change to the point that you cannot go back, right? Like, this is a good example for Livia. She cannot go back to, like, society. She's ruined her chances by, like, running out of this ball. Someone just tried to kill her. Like, there's suddenly a scandal surrounding her, right? Like, things have changed indelibly. And that's what makes something an exciting incident, right? So, I mean, being able to, like, point this out is is easy, but only when you really look at things in, like, a, like a macro perspective and... I don't know. This book this book should have started like with with this, I think. I don't know. That's my thorn. A hundred percent. I think that's one of the things that I employ in my own writing. Like when I am miserable writing a chapter, mm-hmm. I go back and I look at it and I say, Okay, is this really necessary? Can I convey this information that I'm trying to get across in a different way? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I end up either completely reworking how that chapter is written or cutting it completely. Because yeah. to be honest with you, if I am not excited about what I'm writing, I know my re- readers are not going to be excited about reading it. 
That doesn't mean that every moment you're writing is like, oh my God, yeah, this is great. But it shouldn't be this like horrible torture where you like absolutely hate what you're writing and feel like it's pointless. Like, I guess sometimes it can feel like that even if it's necessary, but that's why I say to sort of rethink it and see if you can rework it and if there's something that you can do so that you're not bored Mm -hmm. as you work on it because nine out of ten times that's like sort of like the push that you need to make it go from either like really bad Mm. or like mediocre to something that can potentially be great yeah totally uh if anyone wants some really good examples of like great openings um i will recommend our books because i think that you and i do this really well (laughs) i'm not kidding where like like i can point like okay first of all like witchlings begins like the night of this really important ceremony and by the end of Mm. a short chapter it's a middle grade book right like you've got to get through a ton in it like something has gone horrifically wrong for the main character and i always strive to make my books both the honeys and beholder do this really well i think um something horrific happens yeah the the first chapter of the honeys is fucking wild yeah like in the six pages like things are changed and of course like in both of our our books and the things that we're writing like there's really important backstory but starting with all that backstory and like making someone do like a primer on like the world before we give them actually something interesting to think about is a is a one-way ticket to like dnfville right like and that's what i think happened in this book i think so many people sort of picked it up either thinking they were gonna get like sort of this confection tale right like because you know it's from celebrities right and it's gonna be sort of a thinly veiled telling of their own lives or people like thought it was gonna be you know like bad off the bat and this book actually turns out it's somewhere in the middle where like there are really interesting moments to it like there's a real effort here and as it turns out like the language is so self-serious and high that like i think it automatically alienates the people that just wanted like a light sort of like frivolous story um but it's not good enough to really capture the hearts of people that want like something with gravitas and so it falls sort of in the middle and i'm like frustrated with it because it could have been i think really good had it been like reworked in a really specific way so hire us hire Hire the bad author book club um consulting firm yeah the baddies but dude okay i mean we're only two thousand dollars an hour that's it that's all that's amazing but oh i'm so excited i mean what a good what a good chapter what a good episode i am the most excited i've ever been about this book so uh that's i can't wait till the next chapter i like actually might read ahead because i'm I want to know what happens. And I can tell you that has never happened with Model Land. <laughs> Girl, oh, my God. Yeah, no, not at all. So, yeah, a bad author book club first. But thank you, Hot Queens, for listening. Uh, go head out to our Discord. The link is in the show notes. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what questions you have. This was a long chapter. We couldn't possibly sort of include everything. So if you want to know some specifics, meet us on Discord. We will chat about it in the episode discussion channel. And, of course, seek us out on social media. Media. You can find us on Twitter at Bad Author Pod, Instagram at Bad Author Book Club, uh, and all of our episodes are up on anchor.fm slash Bad Author Book Club or wherever you listen to your podcast. Just make sure to leave us a rating and, and send us virtual kisses. If you'd like to follow me, co host Ryan, I am the Ryan LaSala on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And I'm now on threads under that username as well. You can find me on blue sky under ryan lasala just go to my website ryanlasala.com that has all the information on it and actually all of our socials are in the show notes as well oh yeah you can follow us right from the show notes do that 
Just my links are in the show notes. Click on them. Oh my god, so classy. go to my website, clarabellortega.com. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot better. I'm no longer listing shit out. You want to find me? You got to search, honey. You got to seek me out. I'm an experience. Type my name. Use voice to text. <laughs> I don't care how you do it. Or you can use Memoji like my mother who chooses to represent herself as completely bald. Oh my god. <laughs> when she talks to the Memoji, she's bald. She's the funniest woman on planet Earth is Ryan's mother. <laughs> she's <good>. <laughs> <laughs> Love her so much. Oh, I'm going to go call her right now. Oh, tell her I said hi. I All will, right. I will. Goodbye, hot queens. Bye, hot queens. <laughs> it's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com